there's a major feature that's up on our site this morning on DK Pittsburgh Sports by our baseball writer, Alex Stoltz. It's about 10 years on an oral history of the blackout game, the only really, truly significant game ever played at PNC Park. I've got something I'd like to share about that event as well as it relates to today's team. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Uh, I'm not going to reminisce here. I'm not going to try to wax eloquent about what happened. If you were there, you know. It was unlike, uh, it's hard to put it into words. I was tasked with doing it that night from the press box and gave it my best shot, but that doesn't mean it was easy. And you know what else wasn't easy? Making it happen, meaning from within the clubhouse. I'm more convinced today, after having spoken with a number of these players and others who were in that circle, meaning coaches, meaning Clint Hurdle, that everything emanated from the inside. That is not, I swear, to take credit away from Neil Huntington, Frank Coonley, anybody else involved, Bob Nutting. They were all part of that. The payroll went up to a level no one ever thought it would, crossing into $100 million dollars. The commitment toward uh, facilities and support staff and scouting and data was way through the roof compared to what had been the case before. And most important, they went out and got players. The management people went out and got players. There's kind of a mythology that persists to this day that they didn't do all they could. But if I start rattling off the names of Justin Morneau and Marlon Byrd and Russell Martin and A.J. Burnett, all of a sudden you realize, whoa, hang on a second. Not one of these guys was internal. They were all outside acquisitions. Francisco Liriano, Jason Grilly, Joaquin Soria. Remember Soria coming? That was actually kind of a big deal. It was like getting a closer on top of a closer. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. And that's to the credit Well, see, this is where it gets a little bit mixed up, because what I've heard in the years since then, and don't take this as some sort of conspiratorial thing or whatever, because it's not. This is more the natural way of competitive people pushing each other to do the right thing than anything else. But what I've heard is that it was a group of players In that clubhouse, names that you would expect. I'm not betraying any confidences here when I tell you that some of the leaders in there were people like Neil Walker, like Travis Snyder, like AJ, like Frankie. These guys were front and center, depended on some of the different cliques and so forth. Yeah, you had... Andrew McCutcheon there, and Kutch was an MVP and all that. Kutch was never and still really isn't that guy, that one that's going to stand in the middle of the carpet and let everybody hear it. But they had lots of those. 
And of those guys that they had, they weren't shy about letting everyone know who was over their heads that they believed in the group that they had, and they believed that it was worth adding to right then and there. And I've since heard some of these same individuals tell me they want to see what that looks like with this roster. Some of that seemed to be there in the early portion, you know, the April portion of this season. Not just in the obvious that they were 20 and 8 and flying high and everything else, but they had brought in quality veterans, obviously Kutch, but also Rich Hill, G-Man Choi, Carlos Santana. And they had a, a, a bit more of a, what's the word I'm looking for here that's clean? A gutsy vibe about them. All right. They had some of that moxie that the 2013 to 15 teams had in terms of not worrying what anybody thinks about anything. You know, the AJ and Russ vibe. All right. And they made a lot of this happen. Again, that wasn't, I don't mean to paint the people above them in a negative light. When you win, you win together. But they were the ones who were able to express and convince from a baseball perspective, from a right there on the field perspective, the powers that be that, hey, now, do it now. We'll back you up. You back us up, and we'll back you up. And eventually, before long, they got the whole city to back them up in a way that, oh my goodness, that sequel can't come soon enough. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from John, who says, This is not a real surprise, but I just heard a statistic that teams that hit the most home runs are 58-9 and in the last 67 playoff games across Major League Baseball. The Pirates, insisting that power doesn't matter for the longest time or so it seems, what can we do to get some more power other than, of course, a healthy O'Neill Cruz. I don't know, John, that the Pirates are lacking in power. 
Here's what I mean when I say that. that that's going to sound a little bit stupid. Okay, <laughs> I get that part because they obviously didn't finish in the top 20 in the majors in home runs. But I also feel like when you look at their lineup or even their bench guys or lineup possibilities from the minors, you have pop. You have the potential for pop. And if only those hitters would make contact more often, and again, here I go again, this sounds stupid because I'm making that part sound simple and it's not, you would have power. If Jack Sawinski, for example, were able to cut down his strikeouts by even 20% and improve his contact rate, Overall contact rate, correspondingly, not only would Jack have more home runs, he just has a natural home run swing to right field, but he'd also produce more doubles and more extra base hits in general. And that's also power. I understand your point is about home runs, but mine is more about power in general. Look at Leo Verpaguero if you want to get into a good test case. Look at the way the the ball jumps off this kid's bat like it's a bleeping Super Bowl sometimes. It just explodes. It looks illegal. I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm just pointing out that that's what the visual is. It looks illegal the way the ball comes off his bat. But it does. And I'll presume that it is legal. And if you can find a way to get this kid to not fall into the canyon that he did over the last six weeks of this past season, you could have something. And man, if this feels like I'm about to hit on the hitting instructor yet again, I am. I am. Because this is the portal, okay? Everyone's got to go across this threshold unless you're an older and more experienced hitter that doesn't need somebody looking over your shoulder in the cage, like a cutch or so forth. I see that this team has that. I see Brian Reynolds is pretty much 25 homers in the bank. I think Brian Hayes unlocked something over the second half of this past season that quite possibly includes his own power on a consistent basis. So what do we have there? One, two, three, four guys out of the lineup, out of the entire lineup? Henry Davis comes with that gene. Andy Rodriguez comes with that gene. You've already mentioned O'Neill. And there are still going to be roster additions. There have to be roster additions along the way that include, by the way, a corner outfielder and a first baseman, both of whom should theoretically be able to offer you home runs, especially first base. Obviously. So I, I don't think it's... Something where the Pirates are not, I, I, I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but not interested in power. They are interested in power. In fact, I would argue that they're a little bit too interested in power because their whole approach is all or nothing at the plate. But the difference is, the difference has to become that they make more contact and that they become, in turn, more aggressive and more confident within being aggressive. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 